Welcome to Voices of the Walk, Pass for All's everyday walking podcast. Our mission is to get Scotland walking, everyone, everywhere and every day. In this podcast series, we'll be hearing from a variety of Scotland's walking champions who are helping make our vision a reality. Welcome to this episode of Voices of the Walk. My name is Nicole Bell and I'm a Development Officer in Pass for All's Walking for Health team. I'm delighted to be joined today by Heather McLeod and Senga McLeod, who, when added together, have developed and supported HealthWalk projects in Glasgow and Renfrewshire for over 25 years. Both are currently supported by Pass for All funding to deliver new and innovative projects as part of their existing roles within Glasgow Life and Renfrewshire Leisure. A very warm welcome to both of you. Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your current roles and how these have evolved over time. Hi Nicole, my name's Heather and I work with Glasgow Life with the Good Move Glasgow um, project and my role really is to support and coordinate the health walks across Glasgow. So recruit volunteers and and set up our own walks but also working with local organisations to help them set up walks for their service users as well. Hi Nicole, (laughs) Um, my name's Senga, I'm the walking coordinator for Renfrewshire and like Heather our roles are very similar. My job is to look after the Renfrewshire Walking Network which has evolved over the years quite a lot. So can you tell me a wee bit about what drew you into these roles in the first place? I was a countryside ranger for many years, um, which was great. Um, but I got more interested actually in the benefits that people were experiencing that I was working with and actually being in the outdoors. So um, I got involved in health walks at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to college and did a, an HNC in working with communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this role came up in Glasgow. So in my dream job. Perfect fit for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And Senga, what about yourself? I came into it a, a total different way. Um, I came in through a friend. Um, I, my background was sports coaching, mm-hmm. so it was more about the physical activity. And this role came up within sports development in Ramsha Council. And mm-hmm. I thought, I could do that. I could do walking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went along into the interview and things. I actually did volunteer for a little while before I actually went in for the role, which helped me greatly in the interview. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about how your roles have evolved over the time you've been involved too? Yeah, um, I guess I'm lucky um, in that my full time role is, is supporting health walks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of the other coordinators, you know, they, they have different roles within that, but I'm really lucky in that walking full time, <laughs> out there walking all the time. And initially it was very much recruiting the volunteers and setting up our own health walks that we manage directly. It has evolved more really into supporting organisations and, you know, my role is now uh, sort of mainstreamed within Glasgow Life and there's also a coordinator role within that as well. So I'm more a development officer and my colleague Michelle does a sort of more day-to-day management with the and supporting of the, the volunteers. My role has just totally changed over the years. I was full-time walking up for about six years or something. Um, so my post was walking development officer. I am as since evolved I am and now walking is only part of my remit part that I really love and the other part of my remit is working with young children in different organisations through physical activity I am so it's just totally changed. Let's talk a wee bit about your your walking projects in particular then so do you want to tell us a wee bit about kind of who comes along and how you attract your walkers to your projects? In Renfrewshire we've got what what I always call stepping stones to walking so mm-hmm. there's a walk for everyone. We start in the community, so there's health walks. So we're low level in the community. We do up to about an hour's walk 
at the very most. Then we move on to our Feeling Fitter programme, which has three levels of walks. So once you've gotten too fit to do the community walks and want to try something a bit more adventurous, then you can go into level 1A, which lasts for about just over an hour, an hour and a half. Once you've completed that and you want to move on a wee bit further because you're getting even fitter, you can move on to level 1B. So 1B, people are walking for maybe two hours. And then when you're so fit for doing 1B, you can move on to level 2. And these guys who do level 2 are out walking most of the day. So they meet about half 10 in the morning and they're out to about 3, 4 in the afternoon. Um, the eldest walker, I think we've got about 90 doing that at the minute. Wow. Um, how I attract walkers? Word of mouth is a huge benefit. Definitely. Like that's the best it? way to get walkers. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's came along to the walking groups, they go home and tell their friends. Mm-hmm. And then their friends come along the next time, so then they go tell friends. So before they know it, they're coming with a whole group of friends. But what we find on the walks is they don't always walk with their friends. They're walking with other people. So they come along with their friends and they start walking up and down the group. Mm-hmm. So they're meeting new friends again. I am, Yeah, so it's it start off with their friends, basically. I am, and they meet a whole new network of people. Um, so it builds their confidence as well, which Absolutely. is really good. Yeah. I mean, what we hear a lot in terms of feedback across our Scottish Health Network is it's really the social element that pulls people social in. Social impact's yeah. huge. But ultimately it's that that keeps them coming back to those new yeah. connections that yeah. people make and, and feeling more connected in their community as well. Mm-hmm. Heather, is there anything you'd like to add in terms of how you attract walkers to your programme and what you've had success with there? Yeah, I think we, we tend to focus just on the, the low level, kind of up to the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other activities we can then um, signpost people to. I think word of mouth is important, but it's all the kind of usual things, you know, going along to events, awareness raising, working with organisations, um, you know, Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of work, obviously, yourselves at Pass for All, been doing a lot more promotion as well and just raising the profile of walking. So just you know wherever you're out and about and we kind of see our, our walk leaders and walkers they're now champions themselves so Absolutely. making sure they've got wee leaflets and things as well and encouraging them, them to invite their friends and people they know and meet as well and just you know local uh, newsletters and all that kind of stuff you usually find you've got a bag with you and your handbag or something there's something to promote your groups that you ever do you meet somebody you're oh try this group so yeah it works yeah. brilliant and then can you tell me a wee bit about the impact that the health walks have had on the people you see coming along once they've once they've been recruited, I think the impact's huge. I think the social impact is amazing. I am. I think sometimes that outweighs the physical mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. I've seen people come along and didn't know anyone. Suddenly, I introduce them to someone, and they're friends with them, and then they meet other people. They're going holidays. They go nights out. Like a great social life once mm. they get into that. Yeah, the, it's, it's different, through, isn't it? It's just yeah. a, a springboard to lots of other activities, isn't it? No, absolutely huge. And it's, it's our job, I suppose, in the communities to signpost them to these other other activities that are happening in the community. But the social impact, I can't stress it enough. It is huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. And I think, um, I suppose just to illustrate it a wee bit, I had a training course um, a week or so ago, and it was quite a small one, so it was, we got to know each other quite well, but when we were talking about the benefits and the health benefits, um, two of them actually got quite tearful, seeing they came forward as what leaders to support the group because it had such an impact on them. Um, one, um, her husband had been ill and she was caring for him, mm-hmm. and she said that was just a wee bit of time for, you know, a bit of space for her. Mm-hmm to regroup and what have you and then when her, her husband sadly passed she goes the group were there for me um you know they came to the funeral and they were you know I was able to keep coming and they were they were so welcoming and supportive at the walk but also out with it as well um another lady she said you know she could hardly walk um came along the group were so welcoming and the leader really just helped build her confidence mm-hmm. 
And she said, you know, I literally, you know, had to, after 100 metres or whatever, I had to sit down. But over time, you know, she just got so much fitter and she'd just gone up the cobbler at the weekend with her grandson. Wow, and she thought she would never achieve that. And it was just fabulous. She was showing the photographs and everything. So, and I think when you hear those stories, again, that makes it all feel worthwhile. And you get quite, you're quite passionate about it and you get quite, um, you know, emotional about it yourself. But Absolutely. I think the impact, as I said, is just, just massive. And of course, none of this is possible without your, on, on both sides, you've got absolutely fabulous volunteers who helped oh, your programme yeah, run. Um, what do you think it is that, that helps keep those people motivated, obviously seeing the difference that they're they're making with, with the walkers too? Yeah, I think so. And just, I suppose from our point of view, our, myself and Senga's role is to ensure that they feel appreciated and that we tell them that, you know, the difference that they're making and thank them for yeah, their input. Because totally. um, <laughs> the programmes wouldn't be here without our volunteers. Yeah. Um, so we are so grateful for the, the time that people gift uh, and the enthusiasm and the passion that they have. And, you know, it's not just one hour a week for a lot of yeah. volunteers even just come to walk they've got to be there early they stay then they're having a cup of tea so you know it's a good two hours and some people are doing that you know two or three times a week for us so it's great yeah absolutely and you also find that um a lot of the actual volunteers themselves have been walkers mm-hmm. within the group um, and they've come through and possibly maybe Heather and I have identified them and been potential walk leaders <laughs> I am um, twisted their arms out their backs <laughs> um, but these guys feel as though they want to give a wee bit back to the group because they've got a, such a lot out of the walking groups so they want to give a wee bit back and when they see other people in the positions that they used to be it makes them feel good mm-hmm. so they feed those stories back to us as well and it makes us feel good um, but it is all about appreciating them yeah absolutely and yeah making sure that I suppose thanking them but making sure that our managers and appreciate what they're doing as well yeah. and they get the thank you during national volunteer week and they get the you know certificates uh, and you know the shows of appreciation as well yeah. from ourselves and lots of cups of tea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i know for example you had your your 10 year birthday celebration yes, in the summer we had a big fit birthday bash yeah, and you had your, your garden party yeah, and it's did. all these kind of things that just help build that community of volunteers, give them that peer network, but also, crucially, recognise what a huge contribution they're, they're yeah. making. And we really appreciate it from our side as well. We I know. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward. We've got our winter warmer this week and one of our walkers is in a band and the band are going to play. Oh, our, uh, our Kansas Ramblers are going to come play um, at our, our event this week. Oh, brilliant. They're an old swing brilliant. band. Oh, multi-talented <laughs> individuals. <laughs> <aren't> <laughs> Great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So both of your projects are now part of our Scottish Health Walk network. What has been part of this network sort of meant for your for your project? I think it's like being part of a family, that you're part of something bigger, mm-hmm. rather than, because sometimes you can feel quite alienated in your own community, in your own sector, basically. Because I know when I first started in Ramshire Council, I, um, I was the only one, <laughs> and I kept advocating, walking's good for you, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, it's all about jogging. It's all about jogging, you're better running, you're jo- no, walking is a thing, and I'll never take off. And those same people are coming chatting at my door now saying, Senga, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Oh, you're right, walking does have a lot of um, impact. So um, I think it's knowing that you're part of that bigger family, if you like, mm-hmm. um, that you're not alone there and you've got support whenever you need it. 
Yeah, I think it's having the support and it's the structure, isn't it, as well? The resources that are put behind yeah. it. Um, you know, Path Robin doing a, a lot of work um, lobbying at a higher level as well. So there's now the profile of walking has been raised. The Scottish government's bought into it more. We've got our walking strategy. Um, so that makes our life easier <laughs> down here, uh, down yeah. on the ground. Um, and yeah, no, it's very good. Like, so just having that structure and the good practice that, you know, you feed down to us that we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, and, you know, just things like um, today we're here for the, the trainers networking day. And, you know, it's just been really positive, hasn't it? And it Absolutely. gives us a wee yeah. bit of galvanising and rejuvenation as well to, to go back and get going again. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you've got the buy-in of your management, then it's an amazing thing because... Now that we've got this, what, the walking strategy and all the white papers and everything, they know it's coming from a higher level now. It's not just coming from, oh, we're just doing walking groups. They know there's a higher purpose to it and mm-hmm. it's getting bought into it at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So they're more interested in it now, I feel. Because I've been yeah. shouting for a long time, we need this, we need this, we need this. But now we've got it and it's great. Oh, I'm, so, I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> That's great. So in both your organisations, you're working to sort of widen participation in, in walking and in physical activity through new ventures. So in Renfrewshire Leisure, you've got your new Sport Memories project and the Apple Clinic work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Good Move Glasgow have now had the addition of their Walking Bears programme to your sort of portfolio of work as well. Can you tell us a little bit about these projects and the individuals you're working with through those? Sport and Memories is a fantastic, oh, it's a fantastic group. I absolutely love working with them. Um, and the ethos of Sport and Memories is to evoke memories through sport and memorabilia, um, walking, just whatever activity we can do that. They've got if 30 minutes physical activity in the middle of their two-hour session. And we're working to reduce um, isolation um, in people living with long-term conditions. Um, at the minute, we hold a group in the KG5 um, and we have about 15 people who come along to that. Now, that's all different conditions. Um, we just have a fab time. Last week, we had um, an ex-Celtic player came along to speak to the group, um, brought his, all his memorabilia, um, and we've done a question and answer session with them, and it was just fantastic. So some of the guys who come along from um, one of the learning centres, they went away with like, ties and things, and they were, oh, it was amazing to see their faces. It's just absolutely fantastic. But as I say, we do like, 30, 30 minutes physical activity in the middle of it, so we do like quizzes, um, we watch videos and things, and then we do maybe like botcher, we do curling, or we go a walk depending on the weather. Um, and the memories these guys have is just tremendous. It's just, it's amazing. Some of them um, go way back um, to their childhood. So we start talking about childhood games and it's amazing the discussions that it all, st- it all starts. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'm dead chuffed to be part of that project. It's just amazing. Um, Apple Clinic is a new project being funded by Paths for All. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, it's due to kick off in January. Um, we're sort of working on it at the minute and that's a project um, in partnership with the RAH hospital so it's with the clinical nurses and the consultants and the whole ethos behind it is people need to get fit before they can have operations so we're doing um, prehab walks so they'll come to me um, and they'll get fitter so we'll do like a, like a 10 week programme where they come if they've got 10 weeks before their operation that is they'll come and they'll get health chats and things and then we'll build up their walking programme they'll go and get their operation um, so they'll have their op, um, consultant will sign them off to do their strength and balance around the hospital and then they'll come back to me again at the other end to do rehab walks. So we'll still incorporate the strength and balance into it and we'll build up their walking programme. 
So then the pathway is to move on to the community walks and then all the other walks within Renfrewshire and any other activities that are happening. So I'm really excited to be starting this. Um, so will you lead the walks initially or I is do, it volunteers? Well, a mixture. That... Um, I do have volunteers in place who want to be part of it. So um, I'm a great believer though that I should be there to start with, you know what I mean, to help them off and whatever else. So I'll be there to start with and hopefully for most of the year I'll be there because I think it'll be such a good project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting all the fun. <laughs> so I think it'll be amazing to see people's progress. So they're coming to us and they're really, really unfit. Consultants are telling them, sorry, you can't have your operation, you maybe, they're maybe overweight or they're just maybe need to get fitter, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the walking will help with that and we'll give them more health chats and stuff to go with it. Really excited to be starting it, so yes. Excellent, that's good. Uh, yeah, so no, the Walking Bears is a great project. Um, it's funded by Smarter Choices, Smarter Places, uh, their open fund, and um, we're working, predominantly, I suppose up until now, really the health walks um, have been involving adults and older adults, uh, and this is looking more at families, particularly young families. So um, it's inviting families in the east end of Glasgow to um, adopt a bear, and the bear comes with um, a map and a passport. And on the map um, are all the places that um, provide pre-five activities. Uh, so the idea is that they'll go and visit these places and collect a sticker. But hopefully while they're there, they'll find out what's happening for their fun, can get, get involved and um, have a bit of fun as well. So um, we've given out all the bears um, and they've been doing the... Um, going to collect all their uh, stickers and things. We, we set up a, a, a sort of private Facebook group as well and encourage families to post pictures and stories and things. So it's been lovely just seeing, you know, the kids out with the beers and on the swings and things. Um, and also we've linked with that, had uh, sort of various, um, each month uh, uh, an event to come along to and been linking with local organisations to deliver those events. Again, to try and get people to come and experience what's on their doorstep, um, which has been great. And as well, we've just started last week um, a family health walk too. So it's actually my colleague that's leading on that. So um, unfortunately, I couldn't make the first walk, but I think we had about six families that came oh, along to that. So, I know. So yeah, it's been great. So and, and they walk to the, the local play park and then the kids. So you... To bring well, their beer. They all bring their bear, oh, so it's a lovely like big teddy bear. Um, and the Good Move Office one is Bernadette. She's called oh, Bernadette. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Bernadette goes everywhere with us as well. So no, so it's been good. So two hundred and fifty families um, have been involved. So we're just sort of looking at the the evaluation of that just now. That sounds amazing. So yeah, and I think if it's, it's successful. We're hopefully rolling out to other areas because um, it's been really good because there's a lot of work done at the beginning to involve all the local organisations so that they feel like they're, they're part of it and partners and um, hopefully they're seeing more visits from local families. Brilliant. What would you say has been the biggest change you've seen in engagement with walking over the years that you've, you've been in post? Have you, seen, have you seen a change in that over time? I think more people are doing it now. Mm-hmm. I think, like when I said earlier... Back in the day when I first started, um, walking wasn't a big thing. Um, it was more about getting people out, getting them active, getting them jogging, getting them running, getting them into gyms, getting them into gym classes. Um, but now people are seeing the benefits. I think more um, clinical staff, medical staff are seeing the benefits Definitely. of the walking. So they are now referring more into the groups and things. Um, I think that seems to be their number one thing. Um, rather than medicating people, it's... Let's get you walking. 
Yeah, that's great. I think there's much more um, understanding and realisation of the benefits of walking. Yeah. Uh, like you said before, it was quite hard. You'd be going knocking on doors and you had professionals that'd be like saying, walking, what mm-hmm. now? But obviously there's been a lot of work um, in the background and on there's loads more research and evidence that shows that walking is the one thing that will have a massive population change in health yeah. and an improvement in health. I think because um, the government are buying into it now as well and it's yeah. making the medical people stand up and think, I think this really works. There must be something in this. <laughs> so in terms of in terms of looking forward then for other projects who might be able to benefit from your from your expertise, what what would you say were the things that make your most popular walks on your programme the most popular walks? Tea. Oh. <laughs> Lots of tea. <laughs> Lots of good um, routes basically. Um, whether it be historical ones or just um, ones with nice views, nice scenic ones. Um, volunteers in place who actually know their stuff and who are passionate about it. Yeah. Um, I think that helps quite a lot. Absolutely. And I think it's maybe defining what successful means. Because, um, yeah. you know, some of our walks have loads and loads of walkers, you know, 40, 50 regular. Some walks maybe only had five or six. And I think for some volunteers, it can sometimes be a bit disheartening to think, oh, there's only six people. But those six people come every single week yes. and the benefits those six people yes. get are huge. Um, and often you know, health walks are kind of almost a slow burner. Mm-hmm. So you get your your kind of core group and then people will, will come. Yes. And the, the, the groups will will grow. So, yeah, I'd say be careful how you, we define successful because, yeah. you know, a lot a lot of the time it's numbers, people yeah. out on the, the walks, but actually it's the impact on those individuals is what totally is agree. so totally important. Agree. I also always tell my walk leaders, if you've even got one person who comes along, that's one person you've helped that day. It's one person you're saving from isolation. Um, so it's one person that you've saved rather yeah. than it's only one person turned up to walk. It's not. It's somebody that you've helped that day. Absolutely. Quality, not quantity. Definitely. Absolutely. Thing, Absolutely. And in terms of if you could give a number one piece of advice for a new group who were looking to set up a health walk, what would be your gold nugget? Get the right tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> Buy cake. <laughs> you can go down to biscuits. <laughs> Buy cake to start with. <laughs> I think it's getting the right person in place. I think if you are starting a new health walk and you've got volunteers, it's picking the right volunteer for the right area. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who can, somebody who can recognise somebody who needs a wee bit of help, or who can come down to somebody else's level, or go up to somebody else's height, or do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's picking the right volunteer. Yeah, right volunteer the organisation that you're going to link in with. And, yeah. and maybe, I suppose, at the very beginning, to try and attract more people, maybe have a wee event to encourage them to come along to either a theme or something, and then say, we're going to be doing this every Tuesday for a little walk, come and yeah. join us. I think once people come once, you know, they get they get hooked in and they, they get to know people and, you know, I suppose it's showing them what lovely surroundings we have. So I suppose when you're setting up a walk, make sure that you're not going to be walking down a busy main road, that yeah. you've got a bit of green space yeah. um, that you're going to. Because for a lot of people, they probably wouldn't, or maybe maybe wouldn't walk there or feel confident enough to walk there themselves. Um, whereas they can do that in a group. So again, showing them. Yeah. But even in the communities, if you're walking around, see if it's just streets, you're maybe going up streets that they've maybe not been to for years or they're frightened to go into on their own. So going in a group gives them the confidence. And they can see what's in that street now, or up that alley, or whatever else. Where they'd never do it on their own. They'd never do it on their own. So yeah, 
group setting is really, really good. I know, we just did a walk uh, last week with um, the sort of local ESOL group and we're going to do one in the new year, sort of orientation walk. Um, so um, just take them on a walk and it's going to be part of the sort of the, the lesson as well. So looking at language too, but also then showing them this is where the knitting group meet on a Monday, this mm-hmm. is where the, you know they have a lunch on a Tuesday afternoon. And so we're actually going around and showing them the different um, facilities and services in the area. So hopefully that'll be... A benefit as well. Yeah, and I think that a big thing also is you and I have got to be really approachable. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> just about. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If she looks at me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because when you think about it, if we're not approachable, yeah, we're never going to get walkers on the door. We're never going to get walk leaders on the door to volunteer for us. So we've got to be approachable person as well, so that they'll come to us and they'll, they'll trust us and. So we're gaining their trust and their support, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So luckily we're really approachable, too. Really approachable. <laughs> we're lovely, Senga. Yeah. We're lovely people. Yeah, it's the McLeods. <laughs> of course, the McLeods. The Mac and the Mac. <laughs> That's us. That's brilliant. So, in terms of how you would envisage the next 10 years of walking in communities across Greater Glasgow and Clyde, what do you think that's going to look like? Me retired. <laughs> With a wonderful legacy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I suppose it's just more people walking yeah. uh, in general and, you know, not just coming out on our, our health walks, but looking at active travel, walking to school, walking to work, uh, using the car less um, and having lots of beautiful places to walk in. So making sure that the infrastructure is there so to make it more walker friendly. And place yeah. making such an important part of that because if people yeah. don't feel connected to the places they're walking in and they don't feel like they're a nice place to be, they're not going to walk walk. here. So it's such such an important element. Absolutely. absolutely. But I think that the health walks are here for the long run. I think they're just so successful and the communities that are involved in it, you know, I think they have to get such a benefit out of it. Yeah, and they can only be built on. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they have been so successful. Even if it's just one person who turns up for a walk, it's still successful. So, um, yeah. No, ditto everything you said. Okay. (laughs) And Cheers I, to that, thank <laughs> And I have one final question that we ask all our Voices of the Walk guests. Hopefully quite a straightforward one, but some people have had some difficulty. The question is, can you tell us what your favourite walk is? I suppose, for me personally, I, I, I love a beach. I mean, I live in Glasgow, but I like going to the seaside. So anywhere with a beach would want me... I particularly love Aaron. So well, yeah. that's my favourite. Yeah. Love Aaron. Yeah. So maybe called Don and Beach. Oh, Walking nice. along the beach and it's all yeah. the seals at the end to go and see mm-hmm. the waves, the sound, mm-hmm. the sand. I'm there. And your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I would go with that with the hills behind you. That sounds lovely. And what about you, Senga? What's your favourite personal walk? Aaron as well? I do, I do Come love to Aaron. Aaron. Have a great day. Sold Aaron. I do love Aaron. That's one of my favourite places. I am... Um, one of my favourites. Where'd you uh, want the dog? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Glenifer Breeze. I love the Glenifer Breeze. Um, we take the dog at Glenifer Breeze quite a lot. I um, see the big toffee cows, the <laughs> Highland cows. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just fab. And the views over Paisley, Glasgow and around surrounding areas is amazing. So, yeah, Glenifer Breeze. Shows you can mix business and pleasure, can't you? If you're a health walk coordinator. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for joining us.